Well, hello, and welcome to the Insecurity Project. I'm your host, Jamin Fraser, and I am on a mission to end the unnecessary suffering caused by the fear of not being good enough. We've all got it. We've all got to work through it. But thankfully, there is a clear, intelligent, and complete solution to the insecurity problem, and that is what this project is all about. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Welcome to the Insecurity Project. Uh, today, I've got Greg, who's been willing to do a live coaching demonstration. It's always a pretty vulnerable thing to do, to uh, have the, your innermost thoughts processed for an audience. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening, make sure that you're listening with love and respect for Greg. And, um, yeah, Greg, thanks for being willing to have the call recorded. Uh, thanks, German. Uh, thanks very much for your uh, time. I'm looking forward to having a chat. Pleasure. So, um, you know, we've spoken a bit before. You, you get a bit of an idea about the coaching frame, but just a really essential to own that the space is judgment-free. And, you know, I think especially when there's stuff you're trying to change, I think it's so difficult to not be frustrated or disappointed annoyed, or in some way kind of like, there's a bit of angst about being here and that makes it really tough because it's like, yeah, I wish I wasn't, I wish this wasn't my experience, but it is my experience. And so it's, it's natural to feel a little, yeah, less than ideal about where you are now. Um, but that's, that's a challenge in terms of fixing because in some way that's a judgment. So the value of the clean coaching case conversation is to say, look, you know, whether you should be here or shouldn't be here, whether you should be feeling like this or shouldn't be feeling like this is entirely irrelevant. In fact, it doesn't even make sense because this is where you are. And so uh, me having no vested interest in that or your problems not impacting me in any way, shape or form means that, you know, my ability to hold a clean space and, and just serve you to get more of what you want, that's the whole value of this call. So um, does that all make sense? feel okay yeah and that makes perfect sense and i guess uh, we all um, face challenges from time to time and uh it's you know it's what's really good is actually sometimes the opportunity to talk to somebody about it uh so yeah so i feel obviously there's frustrations that we all go through but uh nice that somebody would um uh be willing to help yeah and I, as i say to everyone i mean uh don't confuse me for someone who cares so that you know, obviously that's a cold thing to say, but it's such a useful thing to say because if I care about your problems, then I'm going to have an opinion about your problems, and it's not safe to be totally honest about how you feel because perhaps you might be feeling it might be wrong. You, you, maybe you shouldn't be feeling like this, it's, you know. So um, very useful just to go, hey, I don't have I have nothing other than um, an agenda just to serve you. So I, I don't come to any judgment, but then the second part is for you to let go of your own judgment as well uh, yeah. and just to go, hmm, okay, well, then what if you were just to be curious and just throw this on the table and have a look yourself? And it's amazing what can be discovered when you have a clean conversation. So, um, yeah, with that all in mind, why don't you paint a bit of a picture for what is your current reality and what you'd like to see change in at the moment? Um, it's probably difficult to describe um, in that, you know, I like to think that uh, I'm a really positive person. Uh, I've um, got a really, in essence, a great life. Many aspects of my life are really um, in a good place. 
And that's, um, you know, I need, I'm really grateful for um, many things in my life. And uh, but probably the challenge that I've got now is has been a physical one in that uh, I um, injured my shoulder about last year and the consequence of that was I ended up having to do surgery, which was really, it was a really difficult um, time for me. Uh, and uh, it meant that I was out of action for the better part of six weeks. And um, the flow on was that you go through that um, physical ailment, if you like, um, and that process, but it really has an effect on you emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was probably uh, a real struggle. Um, having said all that, I need to be mindful that, you know, uh, at the end of the day, um, it's just a shoulder. Like, um, I'm sure many people listening and many people that I know and care about um, have far worse problems than that. So, uh, well, can I, can I just press pause there? Um, so, already, the way that you've told the story um, has, is full of judgment. Uh-huh. Um, so who cares about what anyone else is thinking? The, the, this is I understand that we're recording. Obviously, um, yeah. this, this is you. So so whether um, you should be feeling like this, you know, uh, even just painting yourself as a positive person who shouldn't be worried about a shoulder because it's just a shoulder. And other people, it's who who cares? That's it's entirely irrelevant. It's not not uh, uh, doesn't have any value to the conversation. and doesn't get you any more of what you want. Um, so not to judge the way that you're speaking, but to hold you in a space where you're, where we get to have a clean conversation around this. Um, yeah, just feel free just to share how you are feeling and what is your, what is the point of pain right now? And that, uh, that gives you the best chance of creating change rather than kind of downplaying or defending or justifying. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. And in all honesty, I mean, I think that is genuinely my thought process. Like you try and keep yourself positive and try and keep yourself um, looking at the broad, bigger picture and you understand the struggle. So what I'm sharing with you is actually genuinely what I'm um, saying to myself, I think to myself. Um, but yeah. I'll, let's, lean, let's lean into it a little bit further. So the, the, the depth of my frustration right, is that um, I had that surgery and it turns out it didn't work. And yeah. I have to do the surgery again. Mm. Um, and the way that I describe to my friends is having been through that surgery and that recovery process, that in itself was my single most worst experience in my life. Yeah. Um, and I was horrible. I just, um, yeah, I just found it really difficult. And uh, now I'm faced with the prospect of doing it all again. Yeah. Um, and, and the surgeon goes, I'm not even sure it's going to work this second time. <laughs> mm. Man, I have to. Were well, you telling me I have to go through all of that pain, heartache, um, and I, I'll use the word misery uh, yeah. on a on a maybe? And yeah. I mean, honestly, it does my head in from a whole range of perspectives about how I deal with that and cope with that. Uh, mm. So that's my major dilemma facing right now. And I've uh, honestly, I've spent weeks kind of contemplating, do I do this second surgery? Do I not do it? 
what are the long-term repercussions if I don't? Um, and there are significant ones. Um, what are the short-term? How do I deal with that emotionally? How do I deal with it physically? How do I deal with it financially? How do I deal with it, you know, the impact on my family? It's just uh, a significant um, problem for me where I'm at right now. Hmm. Yeah, well, okay. So how do you think I can be useful to you? Uh, uh, generally, I'm not sure. Uh, other than perhaps uh, a fresh perspective or an objective look at it or a different uh, way of um, thinking about it may be um, helpful. Yeah, sure. Uh, so don't come in with any expectations other than happy to um, happy and appreciative of your time. Yeah, great. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit more around the misery? So just specifically help me understand what what was the most difficult part of that whole surgery experience? Um, uh, not being able to not being able to live life the way you normally live, I suppose. Uh, probably deeper than that is um, you know, not being able to work, not being able to participate in activities. Um, uh, when you're engaging with other people, whether it be social or professional, uh, you know, you're walking around with a sling and you're just not... There's a sling and there's a big cushion thing, so you're very... It's very physically awkward, but it doesn't... You don't present well. And it's just not consistent with how I like to live or how I like to be, and it just holds you back. Um, you know, when you work hard to try and achieve things, just getting knocks like this in life just... Um, have an impact. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, I that's interesting. I imagine when you're telling the story um, that the the misery was mainly a phys- the physical pain of the surgery and the recovery period. But that's that's not what I'm understanding was the hardest part. No, you're right. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, I reckon the hardest part was just. Not being able to, um, I don't know the right words to use, but not to be able to participate in life, you know, because you're so restricted. Um, yeah, sure. And, and yeah. sorry, carry on. I didn't want to cut you off. And so, well, I suppose participate in life. What does that really mean? And it means you know, um, uh, being able to engage with your wife, with your kids, with your friends. Um, with your work colleagues, with clients, um, it's, it, it impacts every aspect of your life and uh, it, it just gets you down. I could really just... Yeah, I don't know whether... <laughs> I don't know that it's justified, but it does. It's, it just feel... Oh, I'm going to use the word depressed because it's a bit extreme, but you're sort of yeah, misery. Yeah, no, I understand that it yeah, really affected you deeply and as you described the hardest mm. thing you've ever been through and yeah. are you okay to explore more deeply around why it was so hard and uh, you know because obviously we get stuck um, when we feel like we have no choice yeah yeah so that's right. you're you're facing an experience you're like well i don't i didn't choose this i and i wouldn't choose this and i'm gonna have to choose it again and uh, there's and you're feeling as though 
you're going to have the same experience again and you don't want to choose that and you wouldn't have chosen that. And so it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Because this is hard and this is my experience and it does take you from life and it does stop you doing everything and it does impact every area of your life. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so the whole aspect of coaching, which gives you more value, is awareness and choice. If you can see what's really going on, um, that, that, that always gives you more choice. Um, so you're willing to see some stuff about this situation that perhaps you haven't seen before? Yeah, I embrace that. Okay, cool. Excellent. So um, I want to just ask a, a few more questions around the why this was so hard for you and just go a layer deeper. So when you couldn't interact with friends and family the way that you'd like, when you couldn't work as you wished, when you couldn't engage in life the way that you normally could, what about those things was so painful for you? I reckon you feel a bit uh, worthless. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, when your whole focus is about contributing and engaging with others and then all of a sudden you feel like there's this physical element that gets in the way that's just, frust- you know, just extreme frustration. And, and as I said before, that, that in turn gets you down. And because you're not able to do what you normally like to do. Yeah, sure. So it's so interesting. One of the ways that you started to tell this story was to kind of downplay the fact that you should be experiencing this much pain because it's only a shoulder and other people have worse things. Yeah. And so on one level, you are aware that other people have gone through worse physical stuff and have probably found a way of coping with it. So on some level, you are aware of the fact that it is possible to have a different experience of, of this pain. Um, but then on another level... Um, this is your whole experience, and it, this is this is everything to you. So, um, I get that it's sensitive, and I'm I'm cautious around suggesting any alternative because that's certainly not my my point. The whole aim is to hold you in a space until you're willing to see and and explore. Um, so, as you're talking, one of the things that I I was um, was going through my mind was the whole rules and values piece. I'm not sure whether you've ever heard me talk about that or whether you've even heard Anthony Robbins talk about it, um, rules and values. Is that... Sorry, what was that? Yeah, I've heard both of you talk about it, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, right. So what's your take on rules and values? What do you make of that? Uh, well, they will guide your decision-making and your perspectives and um, influence the way that you... Uh, Yeah, the way that you move forward, the way that you live. This is the upshot? Yeah. yeah, sure. So values are the stuff that ultimately is the thing that are most important to us. But for every one of those values, we have to have a conscious or unconscious measurement that lets us know when we've achieved those values. So they're, they're the rules. When do we get to give ourselves a tick? Um, so I'm interested in the way that you've set up these rules for yourself and perhaps there's some 
uh, some aspect of the rules that you've created that are actually creating this this problem for you. You want to explore that? Yeah. Yep. Uh, at the moment, uh, I can't see it, but I'm happy to explore. Oh, it. cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so, so your values, from from what I've heard, see, these are some of the values that I I think that I've heard. I'd be interested to see whether you agree and and some other ones yep. that you that you think that are important. So, um, being a positive person is a value to you. Uh, making a yep. contribution is a value to you. And um, being yep. seen to add value to others is a value to you. So, yeah, um, yeah, and be, yeah, being being someone who is able to do and work hard and achieve is is important to you. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Um. So the way that you've structured the rules around that though seems like there's only certain ways that you can you can achieve those values to get a tick. So when do you feel when do you get to feel when do you get to feel best about yourself? When do you get to sleep well at night? Like you've actually you've contributed well, you've added value to those around you and you've been um you know, you've been a good person, um, well liked and made a difference for those around you. What what kind of rules have to be satisfied before you get to give yourself a tick for those kind of things. And so I think you just said the words, which would be my overriding value set, um, and that is for me to be able to make a difference in the lives of others. Uh, that's that's my primary rule value, if you like, and um, obviously it starts with family, um, friends to friends, um, so my network, and of course my. Well, most importantly, my clients and colleagues. So, to me, um, having a good day, um, uh, being able to uh, uh, sleep well means that I've yes. done that. Uh, and I've got a goal that says that I want to be able to at least done one, said one thing, done one thing that every single day where I've helped impact even if in, in it's a slight way, in a positive way, or on a life for somebody else. Yeah, great. And so said one thing, done one thing every day that impacts positively on someone else. And so yeah. part of the challenge then with this shoulder is that it impinges on your ability to tick those two boxes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. then you feel like you're not ticking the box, which then means you're, you're not meeting a value, which means you're then not contributing, which means you're then, who are you? And, and do you even matter? It's, it kind of becomes pretty catastrophic by the sound of things. Yeah, well, you go from uh, um, not being able, you know, from being in a place where you want to help others to not even being able to help yourself. You know? Yeah, um, sure. you know, And maybe just to quickly describe that. So when you're, when you're after surgery, like there's a six-week period, you can't dress yourself, you can't shower by yourself, you can't, you virtually can't feed yourself because it was my dominant um, arm. Um, you're completely helpless. Mm-hmm. And and therefore, you become reliant on others. And and fortunately, I'm, I'm surrounded by people that love and care for me, so that's helpful. Uh, but it's like the polar opposite from where you live every day. Yeah, and sure. Now, I heard you say before, well, you know, you can make that, a, you, you could possibly turn that into having a different experience. 
Um, and I'm sure other people who have been through much worse have been able to have a different experience as a result. And I kind of go, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, yeah, sure. <clears throat> yeah, um, the thing around rules and values is that they're, they're fantastic when they work, but if you set up a rule that is dependent upon something outside of your control, then that's when you experience massive pain, which you've just discovered. Because if something outside of your control stops you being able to tick the box, and then it all comes crashing down. Yeah. Um, so, so at a deeper level, this is also connected to your six core needs. Are you familiar with um, Anthony Robbins' six core needs? Uh, oh, look, I'm, I will have heard them. They're not coming readily to mind, but I certainly would. sure. It's uh, I constantly refer that refer to that model as his finest contribution. I think it's such a a clever and useful framework about why we do what we do so the six needs are certainty variety significance love and connection contribution and growth yeah. and and the idea is that those needs are actually being met at all times uh, for, for all human beings so they're created in a vacuum and and will be being met and um, so just because you're not aware of them being met doesn't mean they're not being met. And yeah. just because you don't have a high-quality strategy for them being met doesn't mean they're not being met. Yeah. It means that, um, yeah, so, so typically people are meeting those needs in a way they're not aware of and often in a way that's against their values. So it's creating mm-hmm. all kinds of discord internally. Um, yeah. So, so the connection here that I'm seeing is around the need for significance. So your, your yeah. value as a human being. Uh, yeah. is connected to your value around making a contribution. Yeah. Yes. So those, those two needs are, are very much connected. Um, the, the challenge is that they're connected externally. So um, in order to fill your cup for significance and contribution, your rules were being able to say and do something meaningful and positive for somebody else, being able to do, achieve, perform, uh, and, yeah, so your value is connected to your impact to people. Yes. Yep. So when you're unable okay. to make that impact to people, then your value becomes zero. Yeah. Uh, which, yes. Which is no problems at all when you're able to do all that you'd like to do and be positive and make a contribution, but, but then... The point of pain goes, hang on a minute, the last six weeks, during the recovery, I couldn't do any of those things. And so uh, your cup was empty. Mm. Uh, No wonder so much misery. Yes, that's right. And and look, in truthfulness, it goes beyond the six weeks because there's the lead up, there's the six weeks, and then there's the recovery time and, you know, just... Yeah, um, but I get the point. The cup is empty. Um, yeah, not living consistent with those my my core needs in terms of how I value life not being met. Absolutely true. Hmm. So, I'm not sure if you've heard me describe um, personal development journey in terms of fully becoming an adult. That seems to me to to really summarise so much around. The, you know the coaching conversation, especially as it relates to personal growth. Have you ever heard that fully becoming an adult language? 
No, I, obviously I've heard what a lot of what you've got to say, what you've spoken about. I don't, I'm familiar with that. I don't think, although I, have, I could hazard a guess. Yeah, well, um, how would you define adulthood? What, what do you think it means to be an adult? Uh, I would think being an adult is uh, having true sense of purpose, having um, emotional uh, intelligence um, about uh, having wisdom and perspective on uh, you know, many aspects of life uh, and being independent. Mm. Yeah, great, great definition. That last one in particular, very important. The, yeah. the ability to be self-sufficient. Mm. Is, is very much a trait of adulthood. And, and it's the role of parents to prepare the children for that adulthood, that independent, that self-sufficiency. And I think, you know, parents are going to get that uh, requirement physically and maybe financially. Um, yeah. But the idea of emotional, relational, intellectual, psychological self-sufficiency is something that most parents haven't worked out for themselves, let alone how to teach their kids that. Yeah. So, yeah, so we get people who become physical <laughs> adults. They're able to pay their own bills and feed themselves and dress themselves, but they don't know how to fill their own cup uh, relationally. They're not sure how to validate their own existence. They're not sure how to trust their own wisdom, how to reference their own opinion, how to be self-sufficient for their emotional, psychological needs. So, so therefore, their six core needs are very much connected to others still. And they're very much dependent upon people in their world to be part of filling their cup, mm. which is fine when people play the games and fine when they're able to play the games themselves. But the moment something gets in the way or they can't, then they're in a lot of pain and a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an element yeah. of being able to be responsible for yourself. Yes, being able to be responsible for yourself. Yeah. Um, um, but responsible for your for your needs primarily is the uh, yeah, yes. of responsibility. Re- primary responsible for your ability to meet the needs of certainty, variety, significance, love and connection, contribution and growth. Yeah. Um, so interesting that in some way, what looks like a very altruistic purpose to to do and say something that contributes meaningfully for others is actually an attempt to meet your own needs and validate your own existence. Yeah. And so when people give you that feedback, yes, you have added to my life. Yes, your positivity has impacted me. Um, Then you get to feel good about yourself and you get to sleep well at night. Yeah. Then I know and it's interesting, isn't it? You feel like you're giving in order that you receive, uh, except that, of course, that's not meant to be the motivation. Um, uh, it is just about each of us having our, a clear sense of who we are and um, what our own purpose is and um, being able to be live true to that um, without necessarily expectations of having it in return, except that we all need to have... Um, fulfillment, of course. 
Well, yeah, but and, and this is the point. Like, I got to do uh, TEDx, a TEDx talk last week, uh, in, and the whole, um, my whole talk was that the theme was purpose, and my talk was in, in order to connect with purpose, you have to solve the insecurity problem first. Yeah. So what looks like, there are a lot of people who look like they've, they're connected to purpose in life, um, yet if you were to scratch the surface and explore that strategy more deeply, they are simply driven to validate their own existence by what they can achieve and what they can do and what they can, you know, their performance to others. That's Their search for purpose is an attempt to fill their cup. And so the point of what I was saying is your purpose cannot be to prove that you matter by what you can do. That Surely that can't be your purpose in life. Surely your work is to validate your own existence first to fully become an adult. And then out of that sense of wholeness, then, then you're free to connect with purpose. Then you're free to come to the world. Now you've got something to give. So the challenge is that um, you know, the insecurity problem is what gets in the way and it's a hard problem to solve but it's it's a very important one to solve and my whole life's work has been around providing a, a clear framework to actually solve that problem first. Mm. Um, are you saying, um, these are my words, not yours, um, but your ability to be able to have uh, a, a, your own sense of uh, well-being and um, uh, completeness uh, as as an individual, as a person, um, then allows you to be able to meet your true purpose in the spirit of how you engage with and connect with others. Is that yeah, yeah? I mean, right? absolutely. I, I think you're able to connect with purpose after. You can show up in the real world with nothing to prove and nothing to defend. Uh-huh. Because cause purpose is almost bigger than us. And it's and it's it's not even about us. Like I think when I think about the insecurity project, um, which I really feel yeah, is is a purpose that I've given my whole life to. Um yeah. when when I'm most energized I realise it's not about me. Like this is not this is for whatever reason, this is a problem that uh, all my skill set or my experiences has uniquely placed me to provide some solution for and to do some good work in. Um, but it's not about it's not about me. My mission is to end unnecessary suffering in the world caused by this fear of not being good enough. Uh, it's about the this pain and and distress in the world caused by a, a massive problem. And it would be selfish of me not to show up and do my best work in that space because um, there are people who are going to need that. They're going to need a good framework. And so my, in order for me to get to the place where I'm able to do my best work, I've had to solve my own insecurity and show up and, and so where am I good enough? Do I deserve this? Who am I to say I want to go solve the insecurity problem at a global level? Who even says that? You know, just to go, James, about you like yeah. get over yourself do that work around validating your own existence there's nothing to prove and nothing to defend and then go up and show up in the world at your best where it matters most <clears throat> yeah um, so you know this shoulder 
issue uh, has highlighted a gap in your need filling strategy that previously you haven't seen and previously haven't needed to see and previously hasn't caused a problem because you've been able to sail along effectively and have it work the way you wanted to until something happened that took it out of your control and may take it out of your control again. Yeah. So if I rephrase that in the way that I'm looking at it, it says um, that when you live consistent with your values um, and you're in congruence with um, who you are uh, and then um, you're living a, a, a full and meaningful life and this is one example where things out of your control can get in the way and prevent you from being able to live consistent with your own, with those values. And that in itself is a, I'm going to say, a justifiable um, cause of um, uh, heartache. I can't think of a better word. But, yeah, it's going to cause conflict in your own mental and emotional sense of being because you can't, you don't feel that you can fulfill what you're really about. No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying something a little bit more offensive. Okay. <laughs> and confronting. <laughs> Are they? Hit me? Uh, well, so what if the value... The, real, the core value is to feel like a good person, is to feel significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's good, right? It, absolutely. Yeah, great. Excellent. Um, the, the rule that you've created to meet the need to feel significant is I am significant when I can do and say positive things to others and contribute meaningfully to their life. That's when I know yep. I'm significant. Sure. So then when something gets in the way of that, it causes massive pain because now the equation says, well, who am I apart from being able to contribute? Oh, well, I have no value. I am, I am nothing. With, you know, I, I, I cease to exist. And worse than that, then others have to make a contribution to me. Yeah. So less than valuable and now I'm needy and I'm, taking away from others rather than adding to them. Wow. That's painful. That helps us. Go on. No, you carry carry that thought. What were you going to say? So I'm kind of going, so you've helped explain why the pain exists. Yes. So the emotional pain, right? Yeah, that's right. So then you you look at that and you go, well, okay, so that's right. So it's... I don't know the right words to use here, but the emotional pain is justified. All right. Well, it makes total sense, and you're yeah. welcome to run that strategy for the rest of your life. It's your life, right? And you can decide however you'd like to meet your needs. Yeah. And there are plenty of there are plenty of worse ways to live a life than <laughs> find value by saying and doing good things for others. Yeah. But but the point is this: you're in a situation where you're in misery and you're suffering because of that very strategy not because of your shoulder you're suffering because you're running a strategy that relies on other people's validation and acceptance 
So, so let's agree that and go, all right, so it's, it's a whole lot more than just a sore shoulder and not being able to feed yourself. Right? Mm. So, you know, how do I deal with that? What do I do about that? You know, you know that's, how do you cope? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, see, see Yoda says, uh, names must your fear be before banish it you can. Have you heard that before? No, do you want to in, just give me to me in just in a different in a plainer English? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, see, most people imagine their problems are uh, uh, where they okay, they're trying to fix the problems that they see show up in their life, and they see them show up on the surface. They see them show up in their health, in their finances, in their relationships, and because that's where they see the pain, they think that's what the pain is about. So that's where they try and fix it. Right. Whereas we're kind of going, it looks like this is a shoulder problem. It looks like yeah. this is a contribution problem. It looks like this is a um, a reliance problem. Or, you know, but we're actually shining a light on going, hang on, but can you see that this is all connected? This this is an existential crisis. This is a significance problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is the, the real fear here is not that you can't contribute or that you're not going to be able to interact meaningfully. The real fear is when you're not able to do that, what does that say about you? Yep. That's the real fear. You have no value outside of your ability to contribute. Yeah. So, so in some sense, it just makes the whole problem worse, right? Because <laughs> now it's a much well, bigger thing I've got to try and deal with. Well, on one level... Great, but but also it makes it inc- in, so much better, right? Because now we're moving into the territory of stuff you can control. Because yeah. you told me you you can't control the shoulder, and you don't even know it's going to work. Yeah. So you have very little control about what, what's about to happen to your body. Yeah. So uh, thinking that's the problem. That's epic, because what do you do there? Like there's no there's no hope. But if you've actually discovered that the problem is not the shoulder, it's not contribution, not reliance. The problem is your own opinion of yourself. Well, names must your fear be before banish it. You can now. You, now you're on the right battlefield. Now you've actually got clear around what the real problem is. Yeah, incredibly confronting, super offensive. Most people are running away from that. Most people are not turning any lights on. Yeah. Uh, but at least you know. And and the fact is that just knowing that has already begun the process of change. Yeah. So it is, I mean, it is, it is the insecurity problem because it's the fear of, well, hang on, what is my value and worth outside of what I can do? It's a big question. Am I enough? Am I enough as me here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, there's there's a way to solve that problem. That's my that's my whole life's work is around the fact that there are people throughout history who have found a way <laughs> to solve that very problem, and success leaves clues. So yeah, it's like any problem. Uh, someone's already solved it. And and most people 
Well, and 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 then because someone solved it, then there's often been someone who's deconstructed the people who've solved it and created a framework and gone, here's the way to solve that very problem. Not not mm. complicated, but not easy. So I think insecurity is no different. Goes, yeah, cool, there's some work to be done. Um, but how do you show up to life with nothing to prove, nothing to defend? How do you maintain your sense of significance even in the face of not being able to do and say positive things that make a contribution to others? How do you maintain your significance in the face of relying on others to contribute to you? Mm. Is it possible that the rules could change around how you validate your own life? Is it possible that other rules exist? Yeah, and uh, um, I acknowledge that's possible. And in fact, what I think I hear you saying is um, taking a situation which is posing a challenge in life and then looking at it in a different way as an opportunity to learn and grow in myself. Well, you could go so far as to say, uh, what is the gift in this for you right now? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's hard to see. That's really hard to see. (laughs) I could imagine. imagine. Yeah, can't see it, Um, certainly not now. Mm. And, uh, you know, and an interesting thing around seeing because uh, part of you may not want to see the gift right now either Uh, um, because you've relied on this strategy to fill your cup for a long time and it's worked really well for you. Yeah. And if you can weather the storm on your shoulder, then you may be able to pick it up again and it may still work for you really well in the future. Yeah. Uh, yet, what when you get old? What happens when you lose the ability again to do and say things that make a difference to others? What happens if something else stops you? Are you back in the same problem again? And um, the, the, the whole thing around lasting change is that if this feels like a more to less transaction, it's never going to work. So by that I mean if you feel like the way forward is to give up on something you love or to suppress something or to squash something or to stop something or to force yourself or to fight yourself or to just go, right, well, I've had my fun now. Now I need to grow up and I need to stop that or now I need to um, you know, find a better way. That That's never a believable plan for, for change. We are, every cell in our body is motivated away from pain towards pleasure. So if the idea of yeah. doing this deep change work is linked to more pain than pleasure, then however many times you should do this or you should face this fear or you should actually find a better way to validate yourself, it just it doesn't happen. Yeah. 
the only way this works is if you can genuinely see that there is a gift in this for you and you could show up to life stronger, better, more able to fill your own cup and more able to make a contribution to others. That if you were to fewer really know that you matter outside of what you do, then that actually prepares you better for everything that you want and gives you more. And so it actually feels like you're getting a better deal by making this shift. You're not going to lose anything. Then then you're then there's more pain linked to here than there and more pleasure linked to there than here. And then you've got every cell in your body working with you for the change process. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm hearing you saying that. Um, I'm not going to use the words as well as you do, but um, turning it into a learning experience and uh, about me as a person, me as an adult, me as a um, in my own sense of self, mm. I could use this opportunity to achieve that. Yeah, there's an opportunity. Now, it's your life and you get to decide what you do. So no one can tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Um, Your challenge, back to where we started this conversation, is you're about to face ultimate misery number two, round two. Yeah. And you didn't love that experience last time. Certainly not. Certainly not not looking forward to it again. So you're welcome to run the same strategy that you want. In fact, it's, it's yours. You well, like that's I, I, I didn't go through the pain. I don't know what it's like, and it's not my yeah. strategy. So that's not my role to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Yeah, my role is to help you see the strategy you're running, and to help you explore other possible strategies. And and when you can see the current strategy and see alternative strategies, then naturally you have more choice. And you know, someone who's inherently good at doing the best they know how, if you have more choice, well, you tend towards making better choices. You go, oh, well, that makes sense. Then, okay, I've got a few other options up my sleeve that I never saw before. Yeah. Uh, I suppose it's just a case of how do you get clarity about what those options are and what, what might those strategies be? Yeah, sure. Well, the overarching strategy is to become an adult in every area of your life. So it's to it's to realise the ability to validate your own existence, even in the face of being able to do and say nothing. So it's to be self sufficient. It's to be that's the, that's the big picture. You know, even if everything that you have used till now is taken away from you, you'd still be okay because you've yep. got all that you need inside you. So it's it's the process of all those six core needs. So typically people meet the need for certainty externally. You know, certainty is about the need for safety, control. Uh, you, you know, we love order. So typically those needs are met when other people do the things that they're supposed to do for us, when the rules of the game are played fairly by all and everything does what it's supposed to do so that sense of certainty is when our world is in order yet the problem is the moment our world becomes in disorder we're in uncertainty and in chaos because it's yeah. all about what's happening around outside of us so yeah. so the transition is how do you meet the need for certainty internally is that even possible 
Well, it turns out that it is, and it's the process of learning how to embrace uncertainty and back yourself, mm-hmm. learning how to realise that there is no certainty other than the fact that there, everything is uncertain. Mm. and this ability to go, well, okay, um, I've got all that I need inside me. Um, I'll work it out when I get there, just as I have every other day. Mm. Uh, you know, the process of variety, typically people make the means of variety externally through, um, through again, through other people, resourcefully or, or unresourcefully. The process of being an adult is how do you mm. plan adventure? How do you... Give yourself permission to go where the life is. How do you factor in hobbies and holidays and listen to the things that are important to you that are going to bring excitement and significance? Typically, that's outside. I'm significant because you like me, you agree with me, you say I'm doing the right thing. How do I validate my own existence? How do I be the one that deeply loves and accepts myself for who I am with nothing to prove and nothing to defend? Um, you know, love and connection. Again, typically we feel love and connection when others give us that, you know, meet that requirement for us. But how do you be the one that loves yourself first? And out of the overflow of self-love then, you have the ability to deeply love and um, give and receive love from others. Contribution, often contribution gets linked to significance, but how do you actually make a contribution to the world without needing to make that contribution so that you are free to give or not give and actually add value that is genuinely about others rather than about proving your own worth through giving. Um, yeah. And then growth, how do you give yourself permission to grow in the areas that align with your biggest goals um, You know, rather than just growing through busyness or um, you know, cultural expectations around what you what a good person should be doing or should be having. So, uh, again, not not easy work, but that is the process. It's it's one by one cutting the cord that's been the external vehicle for those needs being met, and and replacing them as an adult internally, owning, taking a hundred percent ownership. Um, it's to it's to realise that. Um, all strategies that we've got around validating our need externally have, have come through stories we've told ourselves about not being good enough. Um, and those stories are told when we're young and those stories are often not, never been reviewed. So part of setting yourself free from this stuff is to review the stories you've been living out of and to uh, examine those scripts and update them, rewrite them. Um, so lots of, uh, you know, it's abstract and a bit esoteric, um, but that that's kind of the big picture around how anyone does this work. And, um, yeah, obviously there's lots of how, but how is always the slowest way to solve a problem. Right. And, and sometimes even asking how is the problem itself. Sometimes when people lead with how do I do this, they get paralysed in the how. Um, yeah. How typically takes you back in your mind to how you've done yeah. it in the past. And if you've never done it in the past, well, you come back with, well, bugger it if I know. Yes. So you're trying right. to get stuck. I don't know how, but I'm, I'm staggered. I don't know. Um, do you know what, what a more powerful leading question would be rather than how? Yeah, what would that be? Uh, I... 
I think why is is a really powerful shift. So not how am I going to do this, but why must I find a way to do this? Why am I no longer willing to live without solving this problem? And when the why becomes big enough, the how takes care of itself. So, you know, I'm sure you've heard that necessity is the mother of all invention. Yeah. So people who have brought great advancements in technology and, uh, you know, have invented all kinds of things, have not done it by going, how am I going to do this? They've just gone, right, there has to be a way. Why is this important? Why, why do we have to solve this problem? And that puts them in their most creative, resourceful space where out of that, they, even if there's never been a way done before, then they create a way. Mm. So I think that is a useful question for you to consider. Why is, why is this important? Why is, why is doing the deep personal development work around your own validating your own existence separate from what you can do or say, why is that the very problem right up? that the next problem for you to solve? Why is that the problem that you must solve? Why is that the problem you're no longer willing to ignore or pretend isn't driving other dysfunction and pain? I reckon that's really powerful, uh, what you've said. Um, And in my simple terms, I'll replay it back, but asking yourself the right question is the starting point. Yeah, Um, absolutely. To solving what you need to do like and i totally get that uh asking why is far more powerful than asking how mm, absolutely that's fantastic the, the next most powerful question is who so uh who has solved this already mm. who's got a who's got the way that's like for, for any problem it's uh when you had this high level of motivation from the why, then the who fast-tracks the process as well because it means you don't have to recreate the wheel, mm. especially if it's a problem that clearly has been solved by someone else already. If it's a problem, you know, the Wright brothers didn't have that advantage when they went, right, why have we got to work it out a fly? They didn't go, well, who can teach us how to do this because they would have had to go find a, a pelican or an eagle um, who could talk. You know, so that wasn't available to them, but for something yeah. like insecurity, um, it's a problem that you know, um, countless people have solved very effectively and have followed a very common path to solve. I think it's really helpful to try and work out who else might have been able to solve a problem that you currently face. Um, mm, yeah. And I've been, I've been on that journey, curiously enough, and mm. that has... Haven't found anybody with the same sort of set of unique circumstances, and that's that's been interesting because you kind of go, oh, you talk to somebody else, and they go, oh yeah, well, I've been through something similar, so you can just you know it'd be equate to it. How did you deal with it? How? So that's a how question, not a why. But um, what did you do? What can I learn from you? But they had a strategy that worked, that may have worked for them. Uh, but in truthfulness, in the particular ones that I've come across so far, it wouldn't work for me. 
different set of circumstances. So not, sure, and perhaps, and perhaps actually a different problem. Because if you think the yeah. problem is a shoulder problem, a contribution problem, or a reliance problem, then you're going to go look to have those problems solved. Yeah. But if you actually realise, hang on, that's not the problem. That's never been the problem. The problem is my own significance. The problem is validating my existence apart from what I can do or say. Hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah. now that becomes a very different problem. And now there are people. If you go, so who has solved that problem? Then you find some different people with some different ideas. And, yeah, that, that, and that doesn't really doesn't matter the context at all because um, yeah. you know we imagine our problems are complicated and unique, and they never are. We all go through these same kind of challenges in different ways, and the way forward simple and hard. Mm. Again, it comes back to asking yourself the right question. Absolutely, it's so cool. Yeah. It's it's a great practice to cultivate rather than driving that. The answers, trying to find the answers, just stop and review the quality of the questions you're asking yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, so I guess that, you know, we haven't solved any problems today. And uh, I'm just wondering, it feels like it's kind of the end of a conversation because it's highlighted what the problem really is and given you some insights into where you might find those solutions if that's actually the problem um, which in turn has given you some different stuff to think about in terms of how you're going to deal with the possibility of having surgery again if you realise what it was really that caused you the most pain last time was not the actual surgery but the implications for what you were then missing out on around your strategy for validating yourself. So um, it feels like it would be okay to place to leave the conversation. I just wanted to check in with you and make sure that um, you are feeling like that would be okay. Yeah, certainly. Oh, look, I really uh, appreciate the insights and the perspectives that you've shared. And um, uh, I, I think that allows me to look at it in a, in a, in a different way, perhaps in a more holistic way. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, sure. I think you can focus on what you think is the problem, but perhaps look at it a little bit deeper. And in mm. turn, that allows you to look at it differently and find a different way. And yeah, absolutely. I reckon that's what I'm able to do now. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Jamin. Really appreciate your time and your wisdom. As always, it's been fabulous. Now, I hope you really enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, for those of you who've been following my work for a while, uh, I've put out the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity. Uh, I'm convinced that insecurity can be overcome and not just masked, managed or avoided. Uh, but I think people who throughout time have found a way to show up to life unhindered have done so a certain way. There are keys that each of them have used. And so my work has been to compile these ideas and, and make sense of the stuff that's worked and, and deconstruct key ideas so they can be used and reproduced. So look, that's available on my website. Um, I'm particularly interested in having conversations about overcoming insecurity for entrepreneurs and even more particularly 35 to 40-year-old entrepreneurs. 
I just think entrepreneurs have got skin in the game. They have such a desperate need to solve this problem because it's all them showing up in the world solving problems. So it's good for the world to have entrepreneurs uh, at their best where it matters most. So if that's you, uh, love to have a conversation. Jump on my website, have a look at the seven essential practices and take the online assessment just to see how you measure up against these seven practices and how well you're doing. And uh, look, love, love to have a conversation with you if you think it could be helpful. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. I hope you found the content and conversations useful. And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out theinsecurityproject.com.